Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cast. With me today is Punching Donuts. Hello Punching Donut, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? I'm pretty great, especially since you are here. And we're going to talk a little bit about you and your little project you have going on. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a pretty pretty crafty person, I, I like to think. You know, I, I have kind of a, an obsession with just making things. Uh, have my whole life and that extends into things like you know audio work in fact i mean i spent years as a as a dj even going so far as to working in a studio i've done work doing video editing i've done i've been coding for for like two decades and then the art that i do has it kind of predates everything by quite a while yeah i just anything i can make I mean, even in my free time, I, I build stuff here at home. So any anytime, I, I don't like having idle hands. <laughs> so um, anything I can do to keep myself making stuff uh, keep, keeps a donut a happy boy. Yeah, so making a game is kind of the best of, of, of everything I get to do, especially since I'm, I'm doing the whole thing by myself at the moment. You know, I do everything from the audio work to the, to the sprite design to, you know, the, the, that, you know, the actual programming. And um, I, I, I'll say the only, the only part of this whole process that I hate is the marketing, which I'm terrible at. <laughs> but, but the rest of it, yeah, that's, uh, that's what keeps me going. Uh, some of my some of the people that play the game and hang out in my discord or they like to remind me that i'm a maniac and i should probably take more breaks that that is always good but on the other hand i i know how it is sometimes you just can't take breaks because it's just too good of a flow tell me about your game you're working on the book of corvald book of corvald so <clears throat> book of corvald is on its own, it is a, a kind of dark gothic tale. It's about kind of about of a lot of things, but the primary focus is about uh, a man named Corvald who is a Scandinavian man, an elderly Scandinavian man who happens to be one of the few uh, Norse scribes in existence. In, in, Morse, in, in most um, Norse uh, communities, you know, like journaling and things like that, telling their histories was all was primarily um, oral. You know, they, they handed down stories orally. Very little was written down. Some was, but, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't like other cultures around the world where everything had to be documented. So there, there really wasn't a whole lot of need for um, scribes, but there were a few and he was one of them. And the story is actually about him kind of losing everything. It's 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 a it's a it's a dark like I said, it's a dark, somewhat unhappy story in parts. But he loses everything. He loses his family. He loses his village. Essentially, he loses his eyes. Uh, and he loses nearly his life until at the at the point of him very, very nearly being killed. A dimensional entity named Krothan makes an offer to to save him and offer him a new life uh, in exchange for something. <laughs> it, it's not really expressly described yet, but uh, he wants something. Uh, so Corvald agrees and becomes imbued with this like sort of eldritch energy and actually becomes fused with Krothan and they become this sort of it's almost like a dual yet singular entity in the end and it the, the game is their adventures it, it kind of starts with uh, their their the process of them trying to achieve Korvald's vengeance for his slain family and then it goes from there into much deeper territory discovering a lot of things about the world that 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 they've been lied to about things that existed that they that Corvald never knew were even a possibility, and and in some cases the truth behind some of 
some of the like gods of Norse mythology, Greek mythology, stuff like that. That's a lot of lot of alternate history type of revelation type stuff. And boobs. I forgot. I always forget that part. And boobs. Yeah, them. I mean, boobs. Listen, boobs. Who, who cares about boobs? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Okay, so how did I, I mean that sounds from from what I've seen and also from what I've played, but I'm in your dreamt up like an entire world. But we go later into that a little bit. But how did you come initially up with that concept? So a long time ago, I wrote a short story, and the short story was about a man who. Uh, inadvertently slips between dimensions and it, it, it was funny because many years later after i wrote this story that that movie interstellar came out and there's that whole scene where he's in that that interdimensional library watching scenes from his life play out where he can't interact he can only observe and that that was actually in my story was that was the whole whole major plot tool of the story is that he's stuck between dimensions and all he can do is see the timeline he came from some of the time timelines that he could have experienced and see what various choices that he made how they would have impacted you know how how he became who he is and it was a lot it was really just a long story of self-reflection on this guy's part just just seeing like you know was i a good person uh you know was this the right choice to make at this time uh stuff like that so it was it was a very long short story <laughs> um but that uh, that story kind of translated into this when when i started working on this project or when i first started conceiving it the idea was to have a man who you know in and of himself is isn't really remarkable but ends up in a remarkable situation that allows him to become infinitely more than he ever thought he could be and having that kind of having the insight that he already had into into um not only his life but the people that he loved and then having the ability to do so much more with that what would he do and that you know that that was really the base premise of book of corvald in the beginning and then it started you know as i started writing it it's all sorts of things started popping out of my head like oh hey let's get some tentacles in here um <laughs> so the, the the little lovecraft voice in the back of my brain started screaming at me and so now we have a man who is basically closely intertwined with eldritch horrors that in any other story are adversarial but in my game i mean they, they still are there are still some that are but where my game takes a, a slight turn is that there are plenty that are um they're not really malicious like they have their purpose for being among humans and not all of them are necessarily anything that needs to be stopped which is why you know, you know, Corvald is, is okay with aligning with them and, and, and working alongside them to accomplish various tasks. So uh, you also you also have, I mean, within the case of Krothan, the story delves into his actual family, the family life of an eldritch horror, because he has brothers and sisters and, you know, he was kind of like the um, unwanted runt of the family. And so there's a lot of stuff that uh, I'm told that that really hasn't been explored before. So that's good. I got that one. Yeah, lots of stuff like that. And I really had a, a, a strong desire to, you know, what I'm really trying to achieve with this particular game, not with the, the whole saga, but with this particular game is to also explore a lot of various mythologies and putting a spin on each one of the gods in different ways. Like, for example, one thing, and this is mild spoiler territory, very, very mild, but one of the things I'm going to cover soon is that thor and odin were actually eldritch creatures that that had taken human form that's an interesting uh, uh, spin definitely yeah so stuff like that things like and other things like some gods were actually celestials imposturing as gods on earth and in some case demons that were 
posing themselves as benevolent gods to the people. A, a lot of that will be coming up uh, in the next game as well. That That's going to be more exploring the religious side of it. But yeah, stuff like that. Just probably a lot more thought-provoking than an adult game needs to be, but uh, it's it's fun. That sounds very, very interesting, and I love it a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to hear more of it. Yeah, so I do want to know, what engine are you using to make your game? I am using Unity. The one and only engine. Is there a specific reason why you chose Unity, or just because it's the most let's say, indie-friendly one, or... Well, so I, when I was initially trying to put together kind of like uh, proof-of-concept versions of the game way back in the beginning, when I, really just trying to prototype it, I tried Unreal, and the type of things that I wanted to do with 2D were not very easily achieved in Unreal, so that got ruled out. I also thought about Game Maker, but the main reason I didn't want to go with that is the... It felt like, and I, I, I could have been wrong, but it felt like Game Maker was it would have been a, a lot better for more pixelized art it seems to be that that seems to be the trend with game maker i know it's probably not it's probably an ill ill-informed decision but at the time that was just the impression i got and unity had so much more in the way of like community support so i, I went with that yeah i don't have like an amazing reason for using unity and i don't know that i'll stick with unity for the next one we'll wait and see i'm very interested in this. but yeah unity's it's one of the most versatile engines on the market, so no wonder you chose that. Now, did you have to learn Unity before you had, uh, before you started making the game, or did you like learn Unity while doing it? While doing it. So th this game is the, the the first and only Unity game I've ever made. It's the first and only mm -hmm. Unity anything I've ever made. Is it also the first ever game you've ever made? Well, not not technically. No, it's the first like actual you know what could be considered a console type game that i've ever made but uh i have i have made games in the past they were just like browser-based types of things and one vr game well not vr sorry ar it was an ar type of mobile game okay did that experience of the games you made earlier in any way shape or form help you with this one it did a little so like i already had a good concept of it particularly with the coding i had a really good concept of compartmentalization of my code what needed to probably go where and, and at what point were things like interfaces going to be the most crucial so yeah it, it certainly helped with that and then you know i also had prior experience with things like you know working with sprite atlases and uh making sprite sheets things like that and, and actually optimizing them so that certainly helped and then audio formatting well so i had some experience with audio formatting but i am still learning a lot when i decided to make this game mobile or not mobile sorry browser friendly for for newgrounds i had to i had to go back and kind of reevaluate some things some choices i was making with audio to to make it a little bit more playable so i've still got some room for improvement there but yeah i mean some of the things that i had done beforehand certainly helped so if you look at the Book of Korvald, and I know you 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 already started with with the naming the Book of, and I'm on your server, and I obviously see that there are so many more channels with Book of Book of Book of Book of. It sounds <laughs> like you have you have like outlined an entire that there are like what seven channels, five channels, somewhere in that realm. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, yeah, six. <laughs> <laughs> I was right in between. You have Book of Cobalt and then five additional books. It almost sounds like you laid out like or, or trying to lay out the foundation for some 
grand fantasy epic, just not in written form, just in video game form with, with lots of porn in it. So how how did you come to that? Or do you have so many ideas when you started with Book of Corvald that you just said, okay, I have to put something aside and, and, and it just grew from there? Or how did that happen? Yeah, so none of the other chapter or even this being a, a, a really large saga that that came about as i started writing the story for for, for book of corvold here's kind of where it started when i started making the game like literally when i started making the game and i got up to this is funny when i got up to the very first sex scene the way that my brain's wired you know it is actually the the sex scene with magda that was the very first one saint magda and i was thinking to myself it, it, I had actually also just finished playing a little bit of uh, Summertime Saga, which he does a great job of showing, uh, you know, the little uh, will she get pregnant minigame type of thing. I started thinking like that, like, OK, so what would happen? Like if 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 Corvald, you know, he he's having sex with Magda, she's a demigoddess and a giantess. What 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 would their baby look like? And it just gave me the idea. I'm like, you know what? Fantasy Star 3 did, you know, with the generations. You know, like you, you choose your bride and and you would have a different heir to the throne and the story would continue on in like a completely different area depending on who you chose. And I was like, you know, the idea of generations, it, it seems so natural with an adult game. I mean, because look, we're focused on on the sex as it is. And hey, guess what? Kids come from sex. So why not? Why Why not make generations? And so that's where that's where it got started. So each one of those books are a child. It's it's someone in the the family tree of Corvald. Corvald is basically the 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 grandfather of all those those various other characters. So there's a child that that comes for as as all my players know right now. You know, in the game, Magda is trapped inside Order of the Holy Crucible, and she's very clearly pregnant. So obviously, something is is someone is about to enter the world you know, from that encounter. And then there's another child that's coming, the Archangel Haniel that Corvald had a entanglement with. And both of those children are going to be just as special as Corvald. Haniel will give birth to Malum. Malum is a half Seraphim, half Eldritch child of Corvald. And then Magda gives birth to uh, Rihanna, who is actually going to be a Titan. And yeah, and I, getting into how those games are going to play out, that's a whole other story too. But I, I wanted each one, after I thought about it, I'm like, you know, at first I was just going to do a book for each character that would be much like Book of Corvald, you know, just an action platformer. But then over time and talking to some other people, we had this idea that, you know, what if each one was a different genre? You know, like Corvald's an action platformer. Malum's game was more like Darkest Dungeon, you know, like an actual role-playing game. And then what if Book of Rihanna was more of a str strategy game, like have her command armies as, as opposed to fighting things herself? And it just kind of spun out from there. So I've got some, some wild plans for each one of them. That sounds like... I mean, it sounds really epic, but obviously some people will question if you have like the tenacity to keep going with it. Uh, I have the tenacity. <laughs> I'm st I don't know if tenacity is right. Stubbornness. I have the stubbornness to, to go through with it. I guess the only question is how far can I get? Really, what, what's going what's gonna to make or break the future games is how well ultimately Book of Corvald does when I finish it. I think that's, that's going to be my, that's the bar I'm setting. Like if it does well, I'll keep going. If it does okay, I'll probably still keep going. <laughs> if, it, if it utterly fails, I might have to reevaluate some stuff. You work alone on that project? Are you like a one-man show? Or do you have people that help you? Do you have a core team? Do you just 
um here and there a commission stuff for your game how how does how is it working so until as of you know a few months ago i i everything was just me i recently i think well not recently it was like around christmas time i brought a i finally brought somebody onto i st established a team uh with one other person his name is crash dragon brought him on as a writer because he's an incredibly talented writer and he's actually a really really shockingly amazing historian so he's been able to uh, uh help me with all, you know I've, I've had so much focus on using real people and historical events in my stories but you know the best of my knowledge is whatever i find at wikipedia well he he brought something to the table that i wasn't able to provide and that was like real in-depth knowledge of this this of of these people and, and things that, that took place and ways also he's very creative ways of fitting that into you know kind of the fantasy fantasy setting i've been establishing so so right now it's me and him and i have another another guy i'm talking to his name's kai i'm bringing him on it might be commission based but he's going to be helping me out with writing uh dialogue for the sex scenes because i am terrible at that i can animate it make it look great but when it comes to what they're saying to each other i'm kind of you know a very midwesterner so he'll be helping with that and then i i want to i just put feelers out like maybe a week or two ago i'm gonna start looking around to find a an artist that i can bring on to help with some of the bigger pieces like set pieces and you know maybe some cutscene art stuff like that because I, I i love drawing but the truth is is that i i, I just can't do it all just for time purposes so I'll, I'll probably bring help on for that as well and then there's uh also it's and it's something that hasn't been added yet but there will be voice acting in book of Corvald. and i've got i've got a few already signed up and i'm looking to fill out a few more of the the roles before i start getting all the recordings in Where to get I those applied to the game but <laughs> Where can i sign up <laughs> no i'm kidding if you know anybody that, that has a good danish accent uh i'm still trying to cast Corval. it's it's been tough you want to make the game fully voiced i wouldn't say fully the key characters though yeah i do the key characters okay when it comes to the content of your game we're obviously talking about a not safe for work game yes why not safe for work because that's always an interesting question is it because I, I, I was talking to another developer uh, earlier that also who also does a not safe for work game, and I always want to know the reasons why somebody would go not safe for work because you're obviously in some way you're limiting your audience while also getting to a new audience. No, that's a very good question. When I okay again around the time when I was putting this this whole project together in my head at least one of the driving factors for me was um you know i've 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 loved adult type games for for years in fact you know i've i've uh, future fragments you know a good friend of mine hentai writer his game future fragments i've i remember seeing that first appear on Newgrounds. what he's been years that that first showed up and you know i always thought this is such a great idea like you know this is growing up playing video game okay if you're like a hornball like me growing up playing any video game like especially oh here we go here's a good example castlevania symphony of the night that whole boss fight with the succubus like what if she was naked why can't she be naked so growing up you have all these thoughts of god i'd love to see what samus aran looks like without anything on and then suddenly people start making games that are doing just that and it's great and so i, I was kind of already in on the on the idea when i first started playing them but then over time, you know, playing different things, there are, there are a lot of great games out there, but I, I there were just so many times playing things that I was like, God, you know, this could be better. This could be better. Like, this could be more engaging. I don't, it, I feel like it's overly 
focused on the sex itself like, why can't it be both you know why 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 does it have to just be about who you're hooking up with and that that always kind of stuck in my mind uh and really played into how how i started piecing this together so yeah it was it was that and you know the the idea of why why cannot why can't a epic tale be in this industry why not i don't see why not and so i decided well screw it i'm gonna do it okay that sounds interesting um I think you're more open to that question, maybe. How would you approach, like, LGBTQ content in your game? Do you have any plans for that? Or is that in a future game? Do you... I mean, it's obviously also an audience. Like, And I'm always curious how, how people would approach that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, I do. I, I, I have plans for that in actually starting with the next game. What I what I'll what I'll probably be doing is creating pathways that players can choose choose between because I don't want to isolate a group and then leave people who have other interests out. I would prefer to have both be inclusive and let people actually choose what what type of playthrough they want to do. And I you know and, and I thought about doing that with this game, um, but uh, to be perfectly honest, the only reason I didn't was simply time. Like you know, I I can only do so much at a time. Doubling up on the sex scenes and stuff would have been so much art and so much animation more than I had any real capability of doing in a fair amount of time. So you know, I, I just stuck with one side. But uh, that'll be different going forward. But yeah, I I, I definitely want to get that um, added, uh, particularly in the next game, Book of Malum. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this recently. His his uh, part of his character being half seraphim half uh, eldritch um and i don't want to give away too much of the story but it, in order to become who he becomes for the game uh he has to essentially absorb the um demonic soul of an incubus now that incubus has no sexual preference like he the gender doesn't matter it could go either way for him and that's going to be a big pl uh, uh, gameplay tool in order to accomplish just that so you know players will have the option of of going either male or female with their encounters so that is that is pretty awesome i i like that you're thinking about that at least because i i think that like these um games are always existing i mean i understand it because it might just not appealing for somebody but i feel like they always exist kind of like in their own pockets you have a, either you have lgbtq content let's call it that or you have like normal in quotations normal heterosexual content so and and it exists like in in a pocket and there's rarely games that let you do both right right and i i noticed that as well yeah and it would be worth the effort to to have that implemented to where they can go one way or the other yeah exactly since you are working on all of that how how long have you been working overall on the game? Um, I think I think this November will actually be three years from when I really first sat down with pen and paper and started putting it together. Yeah, be three years in November. And what version are you currently on? Uh, I am about to release 0 0.4 and 0 0.5 will actually be following pretty quickly after. Do, do you do that as a full-time gig or is that just a site? Uh, um, I, I work on it pretty much every day. Uh, like I have a day job, but my day job is like contract development work. So I'm I'm most days I'm able to actually do both uh, simultaneously. Okay. Uh, except for weeks where I have like a lot of art that that tends to take a little bit more time. But yeah. 
that that was the that was the question so you basically have a normal day job but you work on it on the side that's correct yes is there anything you want to tell the listeners and viewers still before we go into the talk about the gaming industry what do you mean like tell them about the game itself or tell you about you where they can find you about the game you oh. can advertise the shit out of it well uh i if you haven't checked it out i strongly recommend giving it a shot book of Corvald is available on itch.com if you go to my twitter it's in the it's in my profile header you'll find all <laughs> my links there but yeah it's available on on itch uh soon it will be available well, once i get to a 1.0 release I'm, i am putting it on steam so uh it will be a steam release all right, perfect. Okay, so let's talk about the gaming industry a little bit. And I would like to ask you, what do you think of the current state of the video game industry with everything that's going on right now? Just pick one topic and just tell me how you feel about it. Like the gaming industry on a whole or the adult gaming industry? As a whole, or even the adult gaming industry, whatever whatever floats your boat, whatever you want to do. Um, honestly, the my my biggest issue with the gaming industry right now is is the whole mic, and it's you know you'll hear this from so many other people, but it's the whole microtransaction model. It's it's really gotten it's it's got gotten it to the point where most AAA games are just not worth playing because you know you're going to get bombarded with all these instances and pressure to to uh, you know make microtransactions in order to to enjoy a game properly that's it's really terrible and a lot of the development houses that are doing that type of that are you know utilizing that type of model are there are plenty of other examples of them not being really trying to create something that players enjoy really struggling to word this as nicely as possible <laughs> you can uh, you can be as rough as you want there is no cap on the words here uh monetizing players is is, is bullshit and it's it's gotten to the point where i i have absolutely zero interest in AAA games anymore the only AAA game i've played and i'm pretty sure it's considered AAA, uh would be like elden ring and that was fun but i i don't know it, like there's so much more to be found in in, in the indie game uh, offerings that exist as opposed to you know the things that are that are constantly pushed in front of your face that's I, that's that, that's my big takeaway i will agree with you on that in the indie games is where the future is the only thing that i feel like is what what i'm kind of missing but they are slowly coming back like from let's start from the let's say from roughly the beginning of the ps3 era to this era we barely had any mid-tier games from publisher yeah uh, yeah yeah and i agree with that i i miss those because everyone just plays it safe obviously there are some some good triple a games out there like you said elden ring i really love resident evil 8 as well that was a good one but i'm obviously more active in the indie space because i feel like indies where the indies where where everything is at the moment and i hope that they like bring also in the indie sector bring back these mid-tier games like devolva digital is already working on that they do a phenomenal job and I'm just waiting for this market to sprung up again. Like these these insane experiments that you had in the PS2 era, Dreamcast, the Wild West, just basically. So I, I'm I'm completely down with those. And I'm with you on also the the stuff that you don't need to make all the money in the world because everyone thinks <laughs> because every triple a publisher in the world I, i'm okay with them making money you know but like they they approach this stuff from 
they have to make all the money in the world. They want to make perpetual money, and that that's where that's. I mean, I get it. You want to make it was expensive making the game. I understand that. You want to charge a large overhead for the for the initial game itself. It's fine. In fact, even in some cases, I, I'm even forgiving of DLC. But when you start getting into anything more granular than that, it's like, okay, you know what? Get fucked. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not. I could spend all this, all the money I've spent on your game. I could have bought like ten others and had just as much fun. Exactly. Okay. I want you. I want you to to get to this hypothetical scenario. I I don't really know how old you are, so maybe you have to align the time a little bit. But just just think back. It is. A hot summer day. It is Friday afternoon, right? And you have some allowance money from your parents. And you are done with your homework. You go to Blockbuster. You can buy a pack of chips. You can buy a bottle of Coke. And you can rent a video game. You come back home. You sit down with a pack of chips. You put some ice in your glass. You uh, you put the Coke into the glass. And you're ready to play which game? Persona, the first one. That is a interesting question. Why that game? That is the most, probably the most influential game I've ever played for, for a few reasons, but I have never sunk so much time into a game as I did that that original uh, Persona. Was it just pers- I think it was just uh, Persona Revelations. Is that PS1? Might have been PS1. The, the um, first step... If I'm correct, the first Persona was is a Nintendo Entertainment System or Super Nintendo. Did they have? A, I didn't know that there was one before the. Yeah, there, the there was. Let me let me look. I'm pretty sure there was one before PlayStation. I might break it up though. You were right. I I messed this one up. But at least you could kill Hitler. So Harry, there is that. I I guess you grew up more with the PlayStation, or did you? What was your first console? With which console did you grow up? Well, my, my first console was actually the Atari 2600. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, I go back a few years. Um, but, you know, that was I was really, really, really young. And it was, you know, all I really remember playing on that was, like, baseball. <laughs> and and oh, what was that other game? Fire Sword, I think, which I never could figure out. I was, I was way too young to figure that one out. Uh, and then shortly after that, the... Nintendo Entertainment System came out, and that that was kind of that was probably the biggest moment of my life when I got my first NES. More so when I got Metroid. Metroid was was my first time sync. I love that game through and through. Okay, so if you would name one game, I guess I know the answer right now because you're taking it away a little bit. But what's your favorite game of all time? Persona Revelations. <laughs> And I guess the next answer is also Persona Revelations. Which game actually made you want to make your own game? Um, no, it wasn't Persona. Persona had a different type of influence over me. The game that made me want to make other games was, if I had to pick one, would be Castlevania II Simon's Quest. That was about the point I was like, this is amazing, and I want to do this. So you're not an angry video game nerd who says, ah, this game is shit! Because I always know that uh, Castlevania 2 is kind of a little bit contentious because of the um, cryptic nature it has. 
but that's what made it so great. Like you, you weren't ever really entirely sure why you were doing what you were doing. I mean, you were if, if for like the major plot points, but there was still a lot of mystery from just from simply leaving out certain details. And I thought that was genius. Even when I was a kid, I thought that was genius. That is awesome. I like that. If you think back, like I'm, I'm a big fan of horror games, right? So if you, if you think back, what is, what is the, the creepiest thing that happened to you while gaming it can be within a game or it just can be like something that happened while you were gaming around you Uh, let's see creepiest thing that ever happened while gaming it wasn't a scary game either it was long long time ago i was playing donkey kong country with my sister and uh we lived in a i mean we lived way out the middle of nowhere uh in this little country town and it was always super quiet I remember we were playing and suddenly it's like our parents weren't home. It was just, it was just my sister and I, and we heard footsteps coming up the stairs and I thought that my mom came home. And so I paused the game and I go and I look, I didn't see anybody like, okay, all right, old house, fine. Go back, start playing again. Same thing. Footsteps start coming up the stairs. I'm like, what the, what the fuck? And so I pause again. I go and look. I don't see anything. And my sister started getting really scared. So I'm like, well, okay, just stay here. I'll, let me go take a look around. Hopefully nobody's wandered into our house or something weird. I don't know. Let me go look. And I walked downstairs and it's going to sound so dumb. I walked downstairs and I saw a freestanding shadow and it scared the living shit out of me. It stood there for a good solid minute before it just disappeared. I'm like, I, 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 I'm, I'm not sleeping. I'm not sleeping for like a week. This is what the, I, I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a story. I like it. It's it's kind of six um, a supernatural thing. Yeah, it could have just been you know overactive imagination of a kid, but not how it seemed at the time. I mean, yeah, sure, it, it it spooked you out, so it's okay. What is your if you if you would pick one? What is your favorite game genre? Mm, now that's a tough question. It changes. It does change from year to year. Right now, my I'm really, really, really into first-person shooters. Uh, I've noticed that there's been like this, just a flood of wonderful indie FPS games that have been coming out. And I've been enjoying every single one of them. In fact, and I, I, you know, this is free publicity for whoever made this game, but the game, uh, forgive me, father, if you're listening and you haven't tried this game, go try that game. It's, unbelievably amazing i love that game i i might have actually a game for you that you will tremendously enjoy i just i just tried a turbo overkill that's like the most 90s title you can come up with oh yeah i know which one you're. i haven't played it yet but i know which one you're talking about sivy was talking about that on twitter and i i saw a couple trailers and oh yeah it looks amazing you're watching sivy yeah i love sivy yeah we both (laughs) it's one of my favorite yeah, exactly. That that one that one looks so cool. I I have it. I played it for like ten minutes or so because I, but I want to get back to it. It looks so fantastic. It's such a boomer shooter as well. <laughs> uh, so it, it's safe to say you're like '90s uh, FPS shooters or '90s styled FPS shooters. Yeah, you know, there's actually a component there to um, leading up to me doing games now actually uh, i didn't really think about it until just now but the 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 first duke nukem duke nukem 3d or not the first duke nukem but duke nukem 3d when they released that on pc and you were able to get the um the the level editors to to you know basically modify and customize your game that was probably my first real exposure to hey i could do this i remember going and, and actually swapping out all of the sprite uh, sprite assets in the game to making my own and i wish i wish to this day i still had some like some kind of video 
footage of the game that I'd made out of it, but that was that was probably my first real exposure to creating a game was was based off Duke Nukem 3D. You know what's so funny? Somebody else I interviewed the last few days told me the exact same thing. It was Duke really? Nukem. Yeah, it was Duke Nukem. He was, he basically, Duke Nukem was one of his first games. He took apart uh, the code and everything. He didn't yep. do anything commercial with it, but um, it, it, it's so funny. And I, I, I say it again, it was the titties, the titties of Duke Nukem, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> got us into gaming. And then people always say, no, get the titties out of gaming. You can't do that, though. People want the titties. I'm not so sure. That's about funny that. though. Some, some people don't want the titties, and they are very, very stern about titties because uh, being naked is naughty. But that's more the American mindset, right? You can't, you can talk about violence in Europe. So every there is always two sides of that coin. I find it funny. Yeah. So let's let's go back a little bit to to the actual talking. If you could change one thing about the gaming industry. What would that be? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a good question. I don't know if I have a, a solid answer for that. No, I, I really can't think of a good answer for that one. No more microtransactions. There you go. I know. <laughs> calling back to <laughs> I'm calling back to my previous answer, but that that's it, such a pet peeve. It, it's okay. It's okay. We are just here to talk. If it's microtransactions, then microtransactions. I, I would change a whole lot about the gaming industry if I could, but <laughs> there is there something that we can so we can narrow down the topic a little bit and because you brought it up earlier is there something you dislike about the adult gaming industry uh yes unfortunately yes this this is where this is where i start drawing heat but and not not to talk badly of anybody that's made one of these but i i'm, I'm sick to death of, of visual novels it's it's there's too much that's that seems to be like 80 percent of the the whole market is visual novels personally i don't i don't like visual novels i think they're i think they're boring but that's just me i realize there are plenty of people that enjoy that kind of content and that's great that's great i would love to see more people doing not necessarily what you know like what i'm doing or like like i said hentai writer with future fragments or you know what dammit bird's doing with his game hey just something non-visual novel based, something with a little bit more actual gameplay and less just reading and watching pretty pictures. I, uh, there's there's so much. I will somewhat agree with you, but I will also say that I've played some absolutely terrific visual novels with some amazing stories in the adult gaming space. Like stories that blow normal triple A stories out of the water because they're so well written. I don't doubt that. And like I said, it's not I'm not saying that they're bad. I I can I can see where people would enjoy them. I personally just don't enjoy the, the gameplay process of a visual novel. But that's I mean, just there, me. that's there, a personal. There preference. is no there is no gameplay. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I know that like there was that what was that one it just came out not that long ago? It was like Orc Massage or something like that. That that's not a visual novel, actually. Oh, it's not. I haven't played it. I, I, I I'm the... I, I'm for some reason a Patreon. <laughs> of the... Yeah, that kind of makes sense if you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense because I, I'm gonna tell you a little tidbit of myself. I have a um, I'm a state approved massage therapeut in my home country. Are you really? It, it's not a joke. I'm really. I believe you. I believe you. That's awesome. It's it, it it was so I saw this and I was like if that is not the perfect game I don't know what is. 
It's almost yeah. like they knew who you were. Yeah, yeah, it, it almost, almost, uh, it's almost like they made a made a, a game about my life, uh, minus the monster fuck, uh, girl fucking. Uh, but that's <laughs> something I always vividly imagined while massaging. No, I shouldn't say that. I did not do it. it so to to go back to that. So I see your point. There's also another problem which I will throw into the ring. Um, says the guy who's making one of those. There's also. A, a lot of RPG Maker games that are kind of hit or miss. Uh, I have, I haven't. Yes, yes, you're right. I, I've seen them. I haven't tried any of the RPG Maker games yet. There are a few that I've been meaning to, but you know, time is a commodity at the moment, so I don't have a whole lot of time for just trying out all. All I have a massive list of ones that I've intended to give a shot to. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I know, I know what you're saying. There was a big discussion about that uh, in one of the groups I'm in recently, where I mean so many were listed and after a certain point i'm like jesus i didn't know it was this many there is so so many like you have you have publishers that are just specialized in rpg maker games Uh, i think kakura games is one they they just put out every month like one or two rpg maker porn games and they can be really hit or miss they they have some cool stuff and they have some not so cool stuff (laughs) some meh stuff yeah, you, you um, could say that. So, well, I'll probably get. You know what I'll do after after all this? I'll probably get a list of recommendations from you, ones I can check out. So I'm not just weeding through the ones that are just kind of. Eh. Is it okay if I give you two visual novels? Yes, yes, I okay. will. I will give them a shot. You you should. Um, I'm gonna give them to you later. So one other thing I kind of like think is, and and that's also something where we are probably in agreement with a lot of the stuff i mean i i i'm very very niche when it comes to that but a lot of the stuff is just also quick fat material like you yeah get within i mean your game teach in your game it's the tutorial but that's that's more i understand why it's there so don't feel like address in this case but a lot of the games are just giving you a quick fat you know and I, I, that's not on my recommended list for you, but I recently played Funback Fantasy 3 If. That's also a visual novel and an adult one. It took me like eight hours to come to the first sex scene. And everything else before that was just fucking good writing. And I'm at this <laughs> well, point... Well, they kept entertained. No, but, but, but I'm, I'm like at this point where I say with this game, just get away with the fap. I want to know what... How how the story goes on? Like I don't care about the fucking like, but but yeah, I'm I'm also very different when it comes to to that kind of stuff. So I, I'm personally someone I like something slow burning. I want to earn my sexy, you know, not necessarily fab to it. I just want to earn it. Um, yeah, I get that. And and that's something I just. Uh, feel like is is also very neglected in this industry of making you work for it yeah yeah no i I would agree with that i would agree with that uh that's something that my writers and i have 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 talked about there you know when when i get closer to probably i don't know if i'll 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 get to this rearrangement Mm. by 0.5 but shortly after uh we've been talking about a, a, a better way of of portraying the beginning of the game 
Like that whole initial uh, interaction with Zeta when you first meet her, the Phantom Lady, that's going to probably get pushed back. And then it, it may actually be Kara that you have to rescue first. Um, but th the purpose for that was to actually extend, you know, kind of build up the weight a little bit more than, than what's already there. And yes, you're right. The, the reason that it's, it's, it exists so quickly into the game is because it, it is an actual combat type mechanic that, that's important to understand in playing the game. But there are other ways of, 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 of accomplishing that without giving too much away right away. Yeah. And, so and, I'm with you. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm just feel like that a lot is just quick fapping, as I call it. And then most people probably just throw the game into the corner and that's it. And why not just watch porn at that point? Right. So I want right. to see like these games just as much elevated into an art form than the normal games like because i feel like you have and again gaming is like this, this very unique thing because you have the interactivity part you have that nowhere else in no other medium you can't be interactive with movies you can't be interactive with books I mean, it has been tried, obviously, but it's rather limited how you do it. Right. And gaming is just basically limitless. And I feel like that, uh, especially adult games, don't make enough like use of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the the industry is, is somewhat, I don't know, I don't know if flooded is the right word, but there's, you know, a, a better than... Uh, um, moderate amount of people that are just doing cash grabs. I mean, that's that's most of what I see when I just go searching wide for adult titles. And in my experience, is that most of them are just like asset flip, cash grab, junk. You know, there's so much of it. Uh, but that and that kind of hurts hurts the rest of us because then you get people that they get used to that. The you know the type of people that that want to consume that they get used to this this easy one-off thing which if that's if that becomes like your only interest in 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 what you're getting in your gaming then you know the rest of us that are actually trying to make you know a quality experience it, it kind of sets the bar in a weird position for us so yeah I, I get it but you know there's right now between all amongst all the people that 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 i've met in the industry just some really creative people there are a lot of games that are that are approaching you know the, the point of being finished that are that are i honestly feel are going to start facilitating changes throughout all of adult gaming as that's, that's a really bold way to put it but uh, that's honestly how i feel i've seen i've seen so much work being done you know which is and it's not even like and i'm not the first one to do it i you know i i learned from seeing some of these other guys doing their great work but these these are the types of games that that I think people need to see. You know, it's like this is this is what adult gaming could be. You want a full experience. Yeah, you want your you want your, you know, your porn and or just general nudity or whatever whatever it is that you can't get from normal games, but you still want a good game behind it. You know, something that you'll remember. You know, if if you sit down with anybody that's ever played through I jeez, pick pick your game, you know, Final Fantasy 7, any of the Castlevanias most people can sit sit and tell you that, that story from beginning to end. In some cases, there's like a fan base that is just wildly attached to it. And it's because it's a good game. It's a great game. And I think that there's plenty of room for that in adult gaming. And I honestly think that there's there are there are some titles coming that are gonna be able to accomplish just that. That sounds awesome. 
Let, let's wrap this up a little bit. I have one last question for you. Shoot. Imagine the following scenario. You are invited to the UN and you speak on behalf of all video games. What would you tell the United Nations about video games? About video games? Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, Lord. That's such a weird question. <laughs> um, what? Well, first of all, what does the UN have to do with video games? Just, just imagine you've been invited to talk about video games. It doesn't matter what they have to do with video games. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank on this one. I have no idea. I, the first thing I thought when you said UN is probably take a piss on the desk and then leave. <laughs> but, but that's not... <laughs> has nothing to do with video games. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I don't know what kind of, how the UN even affects the gaming industry itself. So, like, I, if, 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 there's, if they have absolutely no influence over it, I'd be, like, talking to just a bunch of old people for no goddamn reason. Yeah, but what, what would you tell if you could? What would you tell these old people? Go play some porn games and fucking relax. Hmm? What, what, what's that so hard? <laughs> what? My my brain kept trying to go political. I'm like, no, stop, stop. No, there is no need to be political. This is the question I've asked everyone from the four initial interviews, and it's amazing what people came up with answers. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so yeah, good the, question. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of people said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. This has been the OrcoCast with Punching Donut. Thank you for coming in. Uh, you check out Punching Donuts. Twitter, it's linked down below for those people who are interested in some saucy games. You can also find me on Patreon. My link is in the description if you want early access to the podcast. You can also give us a review, leave a thumbs up, you know, the, the entire thing. And with that being said, this has been the OrcoCast. I'm the Orcosaurus. Thank you for coming in, Punching Donut. Thank you so much for having me. And we're out. Bye-bye. See you guys.